Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey y'all, this is Jack Bracken, and you're listening to the Impact Outdoors podcast. I decided that I was just going to go on a walk to, to blow off some steam to get outside, and I chose this particular location to go on a walk take a break from editing our triple tail episode and while i was on this walk i stumbled across my now personal best triple tail that happened to be chilling and probably like 11 inches of water and i didn't i didn't have my fishing rod with me at the time i was literally just going for a walk so i just ran back to my truck real quick grabbed my fishing pole sprinted back and he had switched spots but i still was able to find them and got him and ate him and yeah, he was he was good, and that's what started the whole skull. Was that one triple tag? That was the first skull that. I made. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Impact Outdoors. And uh, this week, you know, I've got my good friend Mr. Jack Bracken over in Florida on the show. And and this past summer, I got asked to do uh, an episode with uh, my good friend Jonathan Moss over at the Captain's Log TV. And uh, Jack is the producer and editor and director of all the filming and everything for that show. And and so I got to spend a whole day with him out on the water here and uh, learn a little bit about him too. And and really wanted to have him on the show just to talk about all the cool stuff he's got going on. He is doing all kinds of crazy stuff with the filming and and doing this new skull taxidermy work over there um, on all these cool saltwater fish. It's just unbelievable. And then going out and finding all these shark's teeth um, all over the state and just really excited wanted to hear hear more about that and see what all he's got going on so let's jump right into this week's episode with jack bracken all right well uh, i'm uh, really excited to have my buddy jack on the show today and uh, jack we met this summer uh, while we were fishing an episode of the captain's log that's found on waypoint tv and and um you know, you're helping Jonathan Moss out with that awesome show and, and doing a bunch of other cool stuff, finding prehistoric megalodon teeth and, and doing all kinds of cool stuff with skull taxidermy. And, and uh, you catch a lot of really awesome fish over there. 
in uh, in Florida. <laughs> and uh, so I was really excited to have you on the show, just get to know you a little bit better and, and talk about what all you got going on. So welcome to Impact Outdoors, Jack. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. So thanks for taking the time. I know we were talking earlier about we're doing this between the Tampa-Dallas game right now. So Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably wrong of me as a Tampa native to, to step away from watching that game, but... I have I've I've already watched them win the Super Bowl in our hometown, so we can stay thumbs up with that. And they're losing terribly right now, so I don't even want to watch it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, there's been so many uh, comebacks this year. Uh, I don't hold anything, you know, anything's possible. So, but uh, Brady as this. Yeah. <laughs> she well, um, I know I noticed. You know, we were talking. I've done a few TV episodes. You know, been lucky to be a part of some really cool stuff and. I had a blast filming with you guys this summer over here on Galveston Bay and, and we had a we had a good day to catch a lot of fish and stuff, but man, you were awesome at what you do with that. I mean, just watching you being on the boat with you all day, just seeing all the different aspects because anybody who's recorded a, a show where you're depending on catching or hunting, you know, harvesting an animal or something like that, it's not always easy. Um there's a lot of moving parts and, and putting on a show that's twenty, twenty two minutes long. You know, when you're filming eight, 10, 12 hours in a day, maybe multiple days to get that 20 minutes, um, that's got to be uh, crazy on your end trying to capture all the shots and stuff. But how the heck did you get in, involved in, in the videography part of this? And, you know, what you know what started that for you? Well, I've, it's kind of a, a unique story. I would say it's a little unorthodox. Um Early on, I've always loved photography. Um, like uh, my grandparents gave me a like a little point and shoot camera when I was a little kid, and I just took pictures of anything and everything. Like my dad used to always make fun of me because I would take a picture of something completely meaningless for no reason at all, and um, I, I don't even know why I would have taken a picture of it. I just like clicking the, clicking the button and taking a picture. I just thought it was fun. Um, but uh, you know, just it was always like a side hobby. And um, then those GoPros came around and that was a Christmas present one year for my family. Nice. And um, just always wanted to take cool videos of my buddies and I fishing. We uh, we didn't have a boat, so we would always wade fish in these backwater creeks that we have here, um, these mangrove creeks. And we'd pull out a bunch of little snook here and there and make all these cool little videos but that's how it started was with the gopros and making these cool little videos and we mm -hmm. would put them on instagram um they would be 15 seconds to a minute long and it was just my buddies and i goofing off with the gopro footage that i had gotten and um it was just something fun that we did and never really thought anything of it seriously and um then uh ty nelson who's um the co-founder of a company called florida fishing products mm -hmm. um they're um more more well known over in Florida, obviously, but yeah. they uh, they branch out. Um, he uh, hit me up in the Instagram DMs and asked me if I wanted to be an intern paid in fishing equipment uh, to make all their videos. And That's I was awesome. like, "You are you kidding me? For a seventeen year old kid, <laughs> this is amazing." Um, and uh, throughout this whole time, I was also not going to actual high school. I was uh, dual enrolled in a community college local community college as a homeschooler so i had um i kind of played a loophole there and just had a bunch of free time during my high school years yeah i'm um, able to do a whole bunch of these little side gigs with ty and travel with florida fishing products and 
during that time, I just thought it was this cool job that I had getting free gear. And then it uh, started to get serious. I uh, got paid my first time ever real money. And um, we did a video with Florida Fishing Products, Bonefish Tarpon Trust um, that was uh, sponsored by Costa Sunglasses. And um, nice. I, I was this was the day after I turned 18 that we filmed this video. And I remember at one point I went into a room and I called my mom. I was like, I am not supposed to be here right now. Like, this is ridiculous. What's going on? And she was like, just just hold the camera and have fun because they brought you there for a reason. Just just do your thing and have fun. I was like, okay. I've always had anxiety. So that was just kind of a normal thing. But, you know, Ty did a lot for me. I I kind of owe everything with my career, t- filming career towards Ty. Um, uh, I he opened up a lot of branches for me. Jonathan uh, was a uh, sponsored guide or on the guide program for Florida Fishing Products, mm-hmm. so I uh, w- was able to meet Jonathan at a uh, ICAST show wh- while I was there with Florida Fishing Products, and then we were talking fishing and filming, um, and uh, he had seen the videos that I was making with Ty. And um, at the time, he had had someone for Captain's Log already. He had already had this idea in the back of his head. Um, And uh, we just kind of established our connection there. We just got to know each other. And a year down the line, year or so down the line, I had uh, started working less with Florida Fishing Products. Uh, I was going off to college. Mm -hmm. Um, And at this time, Jonathan and and his current film guy had, I don't don't think they had a falling out, but... um, I think, uh, you know, just lives went separate directions. Yeah, um, yeah. They both were busy in their own way. Um, but uh, Jonathan still wanted to do the show. And um, he uh, reached out to me and just said, hey, you, you want to try this? And I was like, why not? Yeah, let's let's see what let's see what can happen. And um, the first promo we ever shot for it. I didn't find out it was Jonathan's birthday that day until we were on the water. And um, so the first promo we ever did for it, I, I did for free for him because I like was like, it's your birthday, man. Like, I come on. Like, you're giving me this opportunity. This, this is my present to you. You get free po- promo. There you and, go. <laughs> um, we weren't sure where it was going to go from there. If we were going to make like an episode or two, put it on YouTube at the very least. Um, and uh waypoint liked what they saw after the first two episodes that jonathan and i made and we were able to go on there and steamroll from there on out yeah it's been uh it's been pretty cool i met jonathan i guess two years ago a little over two years ago and stuff and and a great dude had him on the show and uh telling his his whole story and stuff and uh it's man i mean the product that y'all putting out i mean it's just it's it's really good i mean just all the different shots and stuff and you know i i don't know anything about that stuff so it was cool seeing you and and dallas and sam that was helping on the shoots and stuff how y'all work together as a team and and um um you know it's like watching little spielberg back there on the on the back of the boat like coordinating all the camera angles and shots like hey you do this do that and stuff and so it was cool seeing that being a part of it and then seeing the finished project the product you know after knowing what what was going on that day um it was really cool really special to me you know be a part of that so that was that was a lot of fun um so you, you so you've done that and, and how long have you been doing this with jonathan is it 
two, so three. I, yeah, I think two and a half, three years now with Jonathan. And um, it, well, it, it's fun. It, first off, it's funny you bring up Sam, Sam and Dallas. Um, Sam and Dallas are they're 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 awesome. They're great. They, they do great work. Um, uh, the one Jonathan and I first started, I I don't think Dallas came into the picture. It was just me and Jonathan the whole time filming. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, that was very stressful, just being a one camera show, um, just getting everything on one yeah. camera. Uh, very stressful. Um, but Dallas came in on the last episode of season one. We we brought in the second camera guy, which was great. Um, and then uh, Sam, it, which it was awesome to bring in Sam because Sam's been one of my best buddies since we were teenagers. And um, so I always wonder, too, what it's like for people what that we're shooting with when they hear Sam and I like yell back and forth at each other, because sometimes we just yell incoherent nonsense that makes sense to us. Yeah. And it makes, like total logical sense to us. We're having yeah. a full conversation, but anyone else that's listening to it is probably like, who are these loons? Why I didn't know they- what was going on. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, people typically don't. Um, and I forgive me. I forget what the initial question was, but I just wanted to, to, uh, give some credit to sam and in dallas there no yeah, it was um, just cool man it's just like you know everybody's so, you, so y'all running three different cameras you know different shots and stuff and i know y'all doing a lot of slow-mo stuff and then mm-hmm. um you were kind of like running the primary camera and then we had the off the second boat so i mean they were basically getting the, that stuff off that and and um do y'all normally are y'all normally able to shoot off two two boats most of the episodes now yeah, most of the episodes we're able to do off of two boats, um, and uh, I'm usually always on the main boat, uh, like I was with you. Um, yeah. And so what I'm always doing is I'm always shooting a camera, um, so I'm always picking up the audio uh, for each episode and all of the um, primary footage, the mm-hmm. the, the A footage. Yeah. Um, and Dallas would be running what's called B camera, um, and nine times out of ten. Uh, I have Dallas running some sort of slow motion shot um, to uh, complement what I'm filming or, you know, like you got to trim, trim sections of it up or I switch a shot and then the camera's shaky or something in that one shot. And so the B camera complements what I'm filming, but it also covers up a lot of the like corrections that I have to make and it makes it look makes what what would be messy look clean yeah um yeah the magic uh, of editing exactly yeah the magic of editing and then um you know camera or sam is a wizard with the camera and then he's also the fish boy that uh that hops in there and uh swims around and everything yeah but i don't i don't don't think he hopped in the water he didn't didn't get in the water we were in galveston so it's not super super clear water to begin with but it was pretty good that day i mean we could see the triple tail pretty easy but yeah um that's crazy, you know, because I've listened to stories um, like um, on my friend Tom Rowland's podcast. You know, he interviewed um, Bill Dance one time. It's one of the probably one of my all time favorite podcasts I've ever listened to. Listening to him tell his story, how he got started, and how he basically started the fishing TV industry. I mean, there were other yeah. people doing that, but just listening to him, I mean, he was a one man show forever. And back then, I mean, he was cutting and splicing the film together, he was editing it in like hotel rooms and stuff. And just no telling how many yeah and truly hands-on and and looking at how it's progressed to where it is today where you can just get 
like terabytes of footage exactly. in a day and then sit there and you still haven't spent a lot of time editing this stuff but you know it's 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 crazy how the the whole industry is kind of transformed into this now with the times and stuff and and um just all the equipment like like i said i'm not a, a tech savvy guy but it, it is nice to have some good gopros and stuff like that and juice mm-hmm. i mean what you can do on one of these phones now oh i like, know it's insane I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I am using a camera professionally, like a really nice camera professionally, and I'm still using my phone primarily to take my pictures and videos. Cause it's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy stuff, but, um, so you're a, a Tampa native. You, you were you born there or. Yeah. I am a, a Tampan as, as they call Tampin. it. <laughs> born, born and raised Tampan. Yeah. Man, well, I love fishing over there. Um, we usually go when we come over to for iCast every year. We usually fish um, there in Tampa Bay somewhere um, with my buddy Chris Camps. Or this last summer, I went fish with Ryan Harrington and um, trying to look, catch some grouper and stuff. And but man, yeah. it's an awesome fishery. But um, I mean, I imagine you've been fishing since you were little. I'm sure, right? Seems yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I didn't grow up with a boat, um, which which certainly uh, limited me. Um, to some extent, um, I would say my, uh, my true fishing in Tampa didn't start until I was, you know, turning into a teenager and I had rod holders that I zip tied to my bicycle and my buddies and I just biked everywhere. We had, um, uh, downtown Tampa has the, the Hillsborough river that run runs through it. And, uh, they have this Tampa river walk that goes down. If you ever see Tampa on like a primetime sports event, they always show the Tampa river walk. Yeah. That, that was where my buddies and I used to ride our bikes up and down and jump tarpon. And, um, for, for the longest time we were just jumping the tarpon. Then we started bringing bridge nets into the game and, and started landing tarpon on the, in the middle of the city. And it was, it was pretty wild. Uh, yeah. You know, the old land base game, pretty fun. It's pretty a, fun. yeah, that's crazy. Cause I mean, just, we don't have a lot of that stuff over here on this side of the Gulf in the, in the bays and estuaries. So, you know, coming over there and fishing for, gag grouper and tarpon i mean y'all got kingfish swimming around the bay and cobia and triple tail everywhere and, and uh, uh it's triple insane tail, actually it's it's funny you say that um the the trip so you know we obviously did a triple tail episode together and um i'm not going to disclose exactly how i found these particular triple tail but you can occasionally in tampa find triple tail in as shallow as eight inches of water yeah and and you can sight cast them and eight inches of water like a tailing redfish and it's insane and there's a couple spots where you can find this from land and uh while i was editing our triple tail episode actually while i was waiting for it to export because while sometimes it takes a little while to export i decided that i was just going to go on a walk to, to blow off some steam to get outside and i chose this particular location to go on a walk to take a break from editing our triple tail episode and while i was on this walk i stumbled across my now personal best triple tail that happened to be chilling and probably like 11 inches of water and i didn't i didn't have my fishing rod with me at the time i was literally just going for a walk so i just ran back to my truck real quick grabbed my fishing pole sprinted back and he had switched spots but i still was able to find him and got him and ate him and yeah, he was he was good, and that's what started the whole skull thing. Was that one triple tail? That was really? the first skull that I made. Oh man! Well, that's awesome. That's a cool story. 
Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, yeah. I mean, I, that's, uh, that's a, on. that's, I mean, that's something else, you know, we'll get into too is what you're doing with the skulls and stuff. But man, I've seen, I mean, you posted a lot of pictures, um, y'all out catching these just giant grouper and, and just all kinds of cool fish. Um, what's your favorite thing to target over there as far as like in the bay and then maybe offshore? Um, inshore, I mean, growing up lamb based, it's definitely snook fishing. Um, you know, that's kind of like the main fish that we have over here. It's probably the most prolific game fish. You got a lot of them. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of them. Um, you guys have, you guys have some cool snook fishing, but not like in in South Padre, like, yeah, I mean, there, there are some snook here in Galveston. I mean, we catch them at work and, and, um, we've seen we some pretty, some pretty big ones up to close to 30 inches, but most of them are, you know, smaller. Um, so we'll get like, um, you know, there's all these different like subspecies or whatever. So we've got fat snook, common snook, okay. Mexican snook. Um, and mostly we'll get common and fat snook, but, um, I don't know what species y'all have over there. But uh, in, in Tampa, it's primarily um, common. I have uh, one of my good buddies, Aiden. He lives over in Stewart on the east coast of Florida, down south. And mm-hmm. they're uh, they're they're a really unique estuary because they have um, they have all of them. They have tarpon snook, common snook, sword spine snook and uh, fat snook. And That's crazy. Uh, yeah, we've we've ca- I don't I don't know if he and I have caught all of them in one day, but. I have been able to catch all of those with him, and it's crazy. The tarpon snooks are really crazy because their mouths are bent just like a tarpon, but they have the body huh. of a snook. It's really weird. But, yeah, in Tampa, um, we uh, – or I would I, sh- I shouldn't say in Tampa, the Gulf beaches, so that would mainly be in St. Pete. Um, mm-hmm. You can walk up and down those beaches on a calm, warm day, and all of the snook well, – I shouldn't say all of the snook, a, a good amount of snook um, – will push in close to the beach and feed on white bait or um, whiting uh, yeah. that are up close and you can sight cast them there and just a couple inches of the water. It's like bone fishing from land. It's yeah. Pretty- it's crazy. What's the, what's the, uh, one of the big islands out there? Is it Egmont Island or. Yeah. There, well, there's Anna Maria Island and Egmont key. Okay. Egmont key. Yeah. So I got to sight cast a giant cobia off some rays, like literally on the sand. Um, that's awesome. over there with my buddy chris and that was so freaking awesome yeah the the, the cobias when when they're here you can get some special times with a cobia yeah you can, they were they were the, awesome just like the uh the triple tail we can occasionally get cobia in inches of water yeah just like just like redfish it's it's pretty wild yeah yeah but that's offshore it. um i would probably say it's it's like consistently I mean, grouper fishing. We have a really good grouper fishery out here. Um, a lot of people are really into king fishing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not that much into king fishing. Um, it's just a, you know, it's just a big I like catching them. I'm not a big fan of eating them. I will, but um, it was a really bad year for kingfish over here. I don't know what was up with the migratory patterns of them or what, but we just had very low numbers being caught over here. And it's probably just, you know one of their seasonal patterns it just changed a little bit but but um yeah kingfish is big time over here especially for a lot of offshore charters and stuff and when snapper seasons close which is most of the year so yeah. um but yeah so, i mean kingfish, that's that's some money making fish around here as well yeah. we got the big offshore tournaments for um like mm-hmm. king of the beach is a really big tournament around here um 
and uh, no kingfish is a big fish um but uh not my not my preferred fish to target um yeah when we're going offshore the occasional really big blackfin tuna that we get in like near shore because we don't my buddy and i we don't get to go too far out very often yeah um because it's really shallow over there surprisingly like you got to go a long i mean we have to go a long ways out of here to get to get in and some deeper water but i mean how far do y'all have to go out to get to like 100 feet over there um see i don't get to that's i I don't get to go that how far far are y'all going out are we all going out like 20 20 miles typically my buddy and i are going around like 15 to 20 miles when we're grouper fishing that's yeah. that's when we're out. that's like the farthest we'll go out yeah yeah um because we're also working with a freedom boat club boat because my buddy works at freedom boat club nice and uh <laughs> so he gets the free like a lot of membership with that and uh, we we still don't have a offshore handy boat so that's what we got to work with so yeah you um, use what, what you we, got <laughs> exactly you gotta use what you got and uh sometimes it, it can get it done um but uh like i i think i did a shoot um with the uh other guys that i'm working with now lateral media um we did a shoot i think we were 70 miles out of john's pass and that was in now don't quote me on this because it could be incorrect but i'm going to say like 115 feet of water and we were 70 miles offshore yeah that's how shallow it is over yeah. here but we did we caught a hundred pound wahoo that day which Ooh. was y'all got that on video yeah we got that on video that was for a shoot <laughs> isn't that crazy we were bottom it's on waypoint the um tales from the dark side oh man show. yeah you know you have to send me the link or I'll, I'll look for it when we get done that'd be cool to see yeah, yeah we just did a um a big uh private tuna charter out of galveston last month right before christmas and uh We've been doing that the last couple of years, just taking a really light load of people on a big boat, on one of the big party boats and stuff. And, you know, this year we went 240-ish miles offshore, and wow. we were way out there. We were in like 7,000 feet of water. Wow. <laughs> but Damn. to get to the... To get to the continental shelf over here, I mean, you got to go out of Galveston like a hundred, almost a hundred miles to get out there. And, um, and it'll just gradually, I mean, out of Galveston and get a hundred feet. I mean, you got to go about, about 50 miles out almost to get that, that mm-hmm. deep. And I just tell everybody, we kind of live in the armpit of the Gulf of Mexico. Since we have right. Southeast winds, it just blows all the sediment up here. And so it's just super shallow and muddy, Yeah, but the yeah. fishing's good. So we get a lot of cool stuff. So, I mean, my favorite thing to do, man, if, if we got a calm day, I'm taking my blue wave and we're going out looking for cobia and triple tail offshore, you know, sharks and all that fun stuff. And, and, um, usually there's some, you know, if we, if we get a good day in the summertime, we'll usually catch, catch them. So there's usually quite a few of them around. So you guys have all those rigs nearby. (sighs) Well, they're dwindling in numbers because they keep taking them out. Um, but yeah, there's still a few, there's still a few and they're fun to fish. You know, I know y'all don't really have a lot of that, if any of those over there. Um, but, um, the the production I, wells over here man i mean it's just like their own little ecosystem i mean they'll have everything on them and um it's a shame to see so many of them taken out is there you know we have a program over here that um works with companies to turn them into reefs when they get pulled out you know they'll they'll cut them off and lay them over or they'll cut the tops off and leave the bottom you know 40 50 feet or whatever um but um it's almost 
it's almost cheaper for these companies to to remove the whole thing now. So now they're just pulling pulling everything out, you know, not having to yeah. worry about clean everything and and you know make it safe for the environment once they remove the structure and all that. So, yeah. but um, it's just so much habitat that gets lost, you know, when they do that. So, but and we need all the habitat we can get. So yeah, yeah. they're they're building a new um uh, the there's a Howard Franklin bridge that goes across uh, Tampa Bay from connects mm-hmm. St. Pete. Uh, there's it's the biggest bridge that goes across the bay they're building a new uh cross section and they're yeah. going to demolish one of the old ones and um like i don't know exactly what the plan is but i'm hoping that they just crush it all and leave it where it lies because that's just going to be one whole straight shot of great group inshore grouper fishing that we're going to have heck yeah they, they just oh, need to leave. i need to sneak over there and go go with you when you try that one <laughs> so, <In the> <laughs> yeah so have you ever seen, uh, I was going to ask you this, cause I've got a really good friend of mine that lives, um, in Palmetto over there. Um, and she works on sawfish. Have you ever ran into a sawfish over there in that area? I, I have only seen a sawfish in the wild once in my entire life. And it was a baby. Um, and it was in, uh, a flamingo in the Everglades. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I uh, couldn't believe my eyes like when I when I first saw it. I I had I had never seen one and this was on a shoot with a Florida fishing product shoot. Yeah. Um and I wanted to catch it so bad. So bad. I, I wanted to hold it in my hands and, and admire it. But um just I have one crummy picture of it in murky water, but you can yeah. see that it's a fish in front of me. But Man, um I would like cool. to see a I would like to see a massive one. Yeah. But, well, uh, I may, I'll... I may, um, get you in contact with her and, um, if they ever run into something, that's not too far from you. So I mean, it's probably about, I don't know what part of Tampa you're in, but, um, if they run into something, maybe, maybe you can go down and see it with her sometimes. So they, they do a lot yeah. of studying. We did a podcast episode together, I guess two years ago when I came over, it was, yeah, it was during, it was 2020. Cause I, everybody's like, why are you going to Florida? I was like, ah, this COVID I'll be all right. So we went over in the fall and I did a bunch of episodes over there with people. And, and, um, so we got to do a lot of talking about sawfish that she's working on and stuff. So, um, that would be, that'd be cool. I'd love to see one. We don't have them here in Texas anymore. They basically were fished out and, and wiped out. So, um, that's like in North America, that's the only place they're left over there is basically from about where y'all are at down to the Everglades. So it's, yep. it sucks, but hopefully they'll start to make a rebound. You know, I mean, more people yeah. know about species like that, you know, that just struggle to, to, um, just cause you know, they don't reproduce as fast as some of the other fish, you know, and, um, um, it really hurts them, you know, if one's taken out accidentally or, or by poaching or, or whatever. So, and that's what happened over here. You know, y- y'all have got this problem with like the, the, um, the Goliath groupers. I mean, it's, you watch social media and it looks like they're, they're just taking over everything over there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, they did the same thing to those over here back in the forties to sixties. I mean, they caught all of them out and like, you hardly ever hear of anybody seeing a Goliath over here on the Texas coast. Every once in a while on a wreck, somebody will think they they've seen one, but it's probably just a big Warsaw. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
So yeah. have you got to battle one of those things yet? A Goliath or a Warsaw? A Goliath. Um, actually, I, the answer to either of those would have been no, not yet. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I really want to battle a big one, like with my hands and a rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I want to like get down and dirty with the Goliath. I want it to to hurt me. I want yeah. it to really hurt me. Um, show me its true strength. Um, I don't want to catch a little one on a on a fishing pole. I, yeah, want it's, it's gonna be one of those videos where the guy just gets jerked right out of the boat. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. He can take. There goes Jack. Boat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a I've got a few war saws. I think my biggest that I personally got was a little over sixty pounds. But I've hooked some bigger ones and had other people reeling them in on a when he's working on a private boat. But uh, man, they're they're tough on anything, <laughs> whether you're handline or rod and reel. So. Oh, I'm but, sure. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, they the sure good. Have, the one that I have the skull of drying right now, the he, the guy who uh, gave me this head, um, commissioned this head. He uh, left the cheeks in there, and the cheeks were like, I mean, the, the each cheek weighed like five pounds. Yeah, it, it was insane. And um, that's they were the best. They, that's the best piece of meat on the whole fish. I yeah, exactly. I don't know why they were left in the cooler. Either he forgot or I just got the nicest tip I'll ever get in my whole life. Um, but I mean I ate those today and it's oh delicious. Heck yeah, man. So let's get into what y'all are doing with um with the skulls and stuff. Like I've seen people doing some of this, but man, you you've done some and this seems like something new for you. But doing incredible work on something. Some of the I think I've seen you do, had a mahi that you've done and and the, the wahoo I seen a picture of and and I'll link I'll link y'all's account in, in the show notes for this later so people can check it out. But um, what made you start wanting to do this and how the heck do you keep track of what bones go where? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a that's a great question. We call it adult Legos. Um, that's that's adult outdoorsy Legos. Yeah. Um, yeah, or or um Jeffrey Dahmer Legos. That's that's what one of my buddies calls it. Um, he'll he'll check out in on me and goes, "How's your Jeffrey Dahmer hobby going?" Um, but uh, uh, it started um when I took when I caught that triple tail, taking a break from from editing our show. I I wanted to see its gill plate. That was really what the specific reason was. Is I wanted to, huh. it, I just wanted to see its gill plate because they're the gnar, gnarly as as all get out, yeah. and um. I didn't know if it was going to look cool or not. And I just chopped the head off and put it in a boiling pot and just boiled it down. Cause we had done a, uh, like a European mount, uh deer skull for a deer. My sister had killed a few years back. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I knew kind of how to do the whole boil the meat off the, the skull process. Um, and, uh, I got them, got it down to the bones and then went to YouTube and, uh, just typed in fish skull mount and, um, found a, really helpful video on how to make a fish skull mount step-by-step step. and uh, followed it step-by-step step, made this triple tail skull. And um, I uh, just referred to a picture I saw online of a triple tail skull already assembled. And um, when I was putting all the pieces together, I would, you know, hold up one piece and if all of a sudden it just fit together, I just glued it right then and there. Cause <laughs> it fit together. It probably meant to go together and, um, you know, all of a sudden it started to look more and more like a fish head. And it was just kind of a test gamble. See if we can make this. And it came out way better than we had expected. 
And I was wow. like, screw it. Like, I'm kind of proud of this. I'm, I'm going to post a picture of it on my story uh, on Instagram. And I certainly wouldn't say I have a large following by any means, but I would say I have a large enough following for something to potentially gain some sort of traction. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something that, you know, we have a like-minded interest. It's an outdoorsy thing. People saw them were like, hey, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, like they they gave me a good response. So I was like, oh, well, we'll do a little bit more of these and just post a few more videos to show people something cool. And um, then uh, Jay, uh, Jay Bird, um, he uh, messaged me asking if I could uh, send him a uh, gag skull to uh, Texas. And I was like, yeah, man, why not? <laughs> I don't I don't see why that's not doable. And um, that was the first skull we sold. And then we were like basically just trying to sell these skulls that we were catching and making. Mm-hmm. And we thought that that was that was the business plan. There was that we were just going to sell skulls of fish that we caught. Um, I don't know why we thought people would want to keep buying skulls of fish we caught. Um, the, what, what we realized was that the business plan was that we're now taxidermists. Yeah. We we um, accidentally became taxidermists and um, then people started sliding in our uh, Instagram messages and asking if they could bring us fish heads and uh, if we could do it for them. Because, you know, it's it's really kind of an easy process. I personally feel like if you put your head to it, anyone can can make a fish skull mount and have it look just as good as the ones that we make. Um, but not everyone has the the time or wants to dedicate that time to it. Yeah. So you don't want to. I'm more than happy to take that off your hands. I assume it's something like whenever I tried to take apart a bait caster reel when I was growing up, trying to clean it or oil yes. it or just see how it works, it would end up in a Ziploc. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You would probably like if you would reach some sort of roadblock and then you'd be like ah, i this. don't remember where this goes <laughs> yeah, so yeah. but uh, well that's cool though i mean and i think y'all will do really well with this because there's i mean that's a huge market you don't see a lot of um as far as taxidermy yeah. i mean it's there but you know most people are uh-huh. you know wanting the the replicas and stuff like that but if you're going to keep fish i mean these these salt and, and freshwater too i mean have y'all done any have y'all had Asked, been asked to do any freshwater stuff yet or is it all saltwater so, so far? far it's all been saltwater but that's just because of our location uh yeah. really um like if there's a freshwater fish i would love to do it would be like a big pike or something um, yeah like, i, I think, need to bring you some gar alligator gar heads. yes we I've, i have looked up because sometimes we'll get curious and, and look up to see what someone's already done yeah um alligator gar heads look look really really Dude, cool they're insane they're so yeah. cool and the way the teeth interlock on, on the jaws and stuff and uh yeah, yeah. but um, um the uh the um the crazy steamroll process uh really started escalating and so my um buddy and i made uh the instagram account um for 813 bones and um started just answering the dms he and i and i'm um, splitting the skull projects here and there um and and now things are steamrolling we have uh, a 250 pound warsaw head and a 100 pound uh black grouper head drying at the moment nice that's awesome yeah. that's Crazy. really cool are y'all like ble- um are y'all the- bleaching the them um, after you boil the heads 
on these? Like, what's the process? Is it similar to the, like the deer skull where you baste them in like the the peroxide solution and peroxide. that kind of stuff? Or okay, it's, it's peroxide. The bleach. I've tried bleach, and um, it uh, it just doesn't work as well. It's it's kind of it's a little bit more harsh on the bones, and it doesn't mm-hmm. whiten them as as good as peroxide. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I imagine the um, the fish don't smell as bad as the deer head does when you're boiling it, though, because that's the one thing everybody that I know does the 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 deer over here. Their texture is just the smell. <laughs> you're correct. Yeah, no, you're definitely correct. That's I um someone uh, messaged me asking if they could do or if I could do a boar skull for them, and um, you know typically I I price a fish skull off of how much time it takes, and a fish skull has a handful of pieces there's there's a lot of pieces there to put back together mm-hmm. a mammal skull has a lot less pieces but it's probably like five times more disgusting to deal with so the price is the same for a mammal skull and a fish skull yeah 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 the guy's doing the taxidermy he's doing some euros for me and my daughter with her first deer his area where he boils everything is literally like a hundred yards away from his house yeah, i believe it <laughs> I, thankfully Just i have for that reason made. so that's cool man so yeah. well that's 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 awesome and i'm definitely um we'll talk more about getting some stuff over there to you for that so yeah definitely let me know about get, that, uh, get that you to do some stuff so so one of the other cool things that you guys are doing um is the shark tooth hunting stuff you've been posting a bunch about which is totally crazy um you guys are actually going out and finding megalodon teeth megalodon teeth that's and right. other shark species i know y'all, y'all found some some mako sharks and i don't think a lot of people know that like the the teeth on each shark species i mean they're they're different and so you can you can identify them fairly easily yeah. by that Fair, fairly easily yeah i mean like it's i mean all shark's teeth look relatively the same because it's all a shark's tooth and um you know some people ask me like how the how can you tell how, what what type of shark it is and like it is fairly easy you just gotta like look yeah. it up and see the names but we i would say we find regularly um uh, megalodon teeth mako teeth great white shark teeth um something called a snaggle tooth shark um mm-hmm. which uh is um a prehistoric shark and um, one of the more wicked looking teeth i wish we could put up pictures right now because that is one of the crazier looking teeth yeah. but if listening looks up a snaggle tooth shark tooth they should get a good picture of it um that's similar to like a sand tiger or um it's sand, the sand tigers are are really really long and thin um so it's it's really cool when we get a big sand tiger because usually they're broken yeah um so if we get a a big hole one that's pretty cool because they're so brittle and thin (laughs) um but uh i I don't know the snag the snaggle tooth shark is it's it's a cool tooth you'll have to send me a picture of that i hadn't seen seen one of those that's cool though but i mean you know we talked like just the fact that y'all are finding and it's not like you're finding one i mean you're finding multiple teeth you know in these areas and stuff and and um i mean if y'all i mean obviously you probably found shark's teeth growing up on the beach and stuff i mean there's tons of people over here that do it i mean i've got somebody i work with that she's got jars of shark's teeth you know sitting on her desk that she's fine i've never found one i've looked all over the place and uh, you know she's like once you find one 
you'll be able to see them everywhere and and uh um but i haven't found one yet so i mean i will say we're we're a little spoiled over here in florida because um you know way way back in the day florida was underwater yeah um and so while it was underwater there was a lot of crazy crazy things swimming around on top of what's now dry land um and so basically my buddies and i are we we have a couple spots that we found where we're digging down and and there's the the fossil layer throughout florida and you can actually look this up and and find pictures of the different fossil layers and their elevations throughout the state um but there's a couple spots throughout florida where the fossil layer is a little bit higher closer to ground level Mm -hmm. than other parts of the state and so we've found a few spots where we can dig um and be digging straight into what is an ancient seabed and so we're digging away with these garden tools and pulling out pieces of fossilized whale bone and um ancient dugongs and and uh I found a really big fossilized mouth plate of a stingray, which was really cool because that's just more uncommon. It's not as cool as looking as a shark's tooth, but it's it's more uncommon to find one the size that I did. And then all of a sudden, boom, out pops a big prehistoric shark's tooth out of the dirt, like for no reason at all. And it's crazy and we're super excited. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's I can imagine. Yeah. So. Uh, it's been pretty- ground for millions of years and then we just popped it out of the dirt yeah yeah and i don't know how many um maybe you know but i mean sharks lose thousands of teeth throughout their their life usually and they just generate so many um yeah. i don't know how many a megalodon usually had at one time but i mean these so these many that were- i think i should be finding more than i do <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they had so many teeth that they need to throw me a few more bones. There you go, there yeah. you go. So, what's the biggest one you found so far? Um, the biggest the biggest tooth I have ever found. I found two of them this size. Unfortunately, both of them are broken. Um, to an extent, one is um almost all there, but uh, the top corner of the the root of the tooth is broken. But they're four inches long. Um, which I mean, that's that's a big shark's tooth. Yeah, that's big. Uh, um, my my buddy uh, Jonah um, recently found a, a four inch tooth, but um, the whole thing was there, which was spectacular. I mean, that's like that's what you dream about a whole four inch tooth like that. So I'm still on the hunt for my whole four inch tooth. Um, I, I honestly don't know what my biggest tooth that's whole is because I've only the only ones I've measured are the ones that are four inches. Mm-hmm. Um, just those, those two that I have. Um, but I would I would say the biggest whole tooth that I have is probably like mm, say like three inches right now. Um yeah. which is, I mean that's still a nice tooth. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt for something something insane. Well, you'll probably you'll probably find a six inch or something. That's what that hey, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> a five or six inch tooth. That would I I don't know. I'd probably stop fossil digging at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it's can, it's one of those things, down. man. I mean those as far as like market from what I've seen online, I mean, these things can go for a lot of freaking money and stuff. And I know y'all are doing this to find them, you know, it's, you probably don't want to get rid of them and stuff. Is this not very many people get to get their hands on these things, but um, yeah. it's, it's some of them crazy. can go for, yeah, it is crazy. Some of them can go for, I mean, thousands of dollars, which I mean, those are really big ones, obviously. Yeah. A little one's not going to go for that much. Um, 
yeah, the guys that are selling those big teeth, they're, I envy them because they are able to sell those teeth because they have so many. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would find one of the teeth that they're selling and cherish it for the rest of my life. Right. Um, I'm yeah. just not at that level yet, unfortunately, but one day, one, yeah. one day I will be there. Well, um, that's, that's crazy cool, man. And uh, it's, it's fun watching all your videos and stuff when y'all are doing this and stuff. And like y'all did one after one of the hurricanes or something over there and y'all were out there. Right just finding all kinds of cool stuff so well um we, we tried to hit that we yeah. hit that as the hurricane was still hitting we, wow. we we were um because we wanted to be the first people to get to this one area because there was a handful of people that knew about it and um as the storm comes through there it was it just washed all of the ground fresh and that whole ground was already exposed fossil layer and so all of the rain just washed everything. And so everything was just sitting on top, waiting for someone to That's walk. Crazy. Yeah. And so yeah. we had to be there while the hurricane was hitting yeah. um, the tail end of it. Nothing crazy, but mm-hmm. we were getting some, some nice gusts out there. It was some fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's cool. Like over, um, over here in central Texas, you know, I mean, that was underwater for, you know, long time ago. And, and just right. on the place that I do our deer hunting and stuff at, I mean, we find tons of, fossilized clams and 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 different types of of mollusks and stuff you know they're huge i mean they're just like giant petrified rocks now but um you know and then you might walk 10 feet and find an arrowhead laying in the creek bed right. or something you know and and yeah. um the ranch that we were on this weekend i mean um i mean they found tons of artifacts over there you know and who knows how old they are i mean these these were mostly um indigenous people from from you know from mexico and stuff and some native americans and stuff but um just some of this i mean it's crazy every part of the country you can probably find something similar to what you guys are doing looking looking for this crazy stuff and people just walking right on top of it never even know it yeah yeah at this um what's what's funny too is um like uh i was saying that the one spot that we went to after the hurricane uh like multiple people knew about it so as as time went on, we started running into a few other people that were also looking for teeth. Um, and uh, the four the the four inch tooth that I have that's more primarily there, I found on this hur the hurricane day, and um, I found it next to someone else's footprints. They walk right past it. Yeah, that would probably been me. It's. It, I mean, hey, it might have been me. I don't even. Those might have been my footprints. Yeah. I might have been lucky the second time around. But someone walked right past a four-inch tooth, and now it's That's mine. crazy. That's pretty cool, man. So, well, I mean, you've um, you got a lot of different stuff going on, and uh, I know, um, I know you've got to work with a lot of cool people in the industry. You know, I mean, we talk about Jonathan and stuff, but um, you got to do some stuff with the. Uh, with flip i think with flip palette didn't you film some stuff with him and i know you've done some stuff with ca and stuff yeah i got to um well it was with both of them actually it was um uh the flip episode of flats class for Mm -hmm. ca um and yeah i got to film with flip for two days and uh it was it was a really amazing experience to not only be with and just experience being around flip but to be there with ca as well because they have that friendship together Mm -hmm. and so they they ca was able to bring out like the true side of flip um and so it was nice to get to see 
you know, just Flip Powett's raw personality. Yeah. Um, what, you know, I think might catch some people off guard. Some of the things that, that he, he would say, um, uh, I've met him it, a couple times and I, one of my buddies is really good friends with him and, and says the same he, thing. <laughs> if he's good friends with him, then he definitely knows some of the, <laughs> some of the things that flip palette says, but it's, um, it provided, um, endless laughs for two days and it was one of the coolest work experiences I could ever ask for. No question. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the, um, still is one of the biggest people that got me into loving saltwater, you know, being landlocked in Oklahoma where I grew up and stuff. And, and just, you know, I'll always remember, you know, hearing his voice over for Walker's K Chronicles and just all the, all the awesome shows that were on back then. And, and, uh, I mean, that was, that was growing up, man. I mean, listening to those guys and then finally got to meet him probably about five or six years ago. And, and uh, it's just like, first time I got to meet, bill dance and and stuff it's just like man it's like you guys every weekend watched you and now i'm here shaking hands with you and just talking to you like yeah somebody else you know i mean that's the one thing i love about iCast. you can just walk up and talk to anybody it's there yeah yeah so. no it, it's it's crazy and um you, you know it, you get to enter like meet someone that you grew up idolizing and then start talking with them and you realize you know they're it's just another guy yeah they love yeah. fishing just like you do heck yeah Heck yeah, man. So, well, um, tell us where everybody can fo- follow you on, uh, on your accounts and kind of keep track of what you're doing, or if they want to contact you about, um, getting a skull done and stuff like that. And then, uh, I know we got a football game we need to jump back into here shortly and see how it's going to, but... I don't even, I, I don't even want to know what the score <laughs> is. I'll just get more sad. Probably. <laughs> it may be tied by now. I don't know. I, but, uh, this was a great distraction from, from my, here's <laughs> my good um, but uh, eight one three bones is uh the uh, sharks tooth and fish skulls page, um and uh, we try to stay up to date pretty well. Um, we do a little bit more sharks tooth content than uh the fish skulls because that's what I we we're just doing that a little bit more frequently, mm. and then my personal page is um uh, Jack B four seven, um and yeah, a little bit of everything, but that's more or less just. I just call it my work portfolio really. And I'll occasionally share a little tidbit of my life that's going on, but 813 bones. That's, that's what I really want to plug right now is 813 bones. Yeah. And, um, anyone that go check it out and the full, uh, current season of captain's logs available now on waypoint. Is that right? All the episodes are out this season. All the episodes are out on waypoint every single season. Um, if uh, you want the editor's suggestion, please watch the latest season because I didn't know what I was doing the first three seasons. And and this latest season is... Especially is, episode two of yeah. season four. Yeah, especially yeah. episode two. Yeah, there you go. So that was awesome, man. Well, uh, well, dude, I mean, it was a awesome meeting you this summer. And, um, and I really appreciate you jumping on here. And you're doing a lot of cool stuff and, and making a difference through what you're doing. I mean... You know, you, you may not think so, but just you know, the, the filming and stuff like that, and the story or stories you're able to tell through through film and stuff. I mean, it's so cool because um, a lot of people they never ever get to do anything that y'all are showing on on TV, and um, you know, that's the only the only way they'll ever be able to to be a part of that. So, I congratulate you on that, and thanks for letting me be a little bit of a little part of that this this current season, and um, hopefully we get to work together on something again. Absolutely. We want to come back to Texas. We like that.
heck yeah. We will definitely uh, be game to do, do another show or just get out and go fishing for fun. So, all right. Well, Jack, I appreciate it, buddy. It was good talking to you as always. And um, we'll uh, uh, look forward to maybe seeing you this summer when we're back over in Florida. Absolutely. Please just be, keep me in touch. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Absolutely. See ya. So, all right, man. All right, well, I want to thank Jack for being on this week's show again today. And and uh, make sure you go and follow him on uh, Instagram at 813bones. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. And make sure you go and check out the Captain's Log on uh, Waypoint TV if you haven't. So go on there. You can check out all the seasons, all four seasons, all the episodes. And make sure and check out Season 4, Episode 2 if you want to catch some of the triple tail action we had over here in Galveston Bay this past summer. It was a great day on the water with uh, with everybody. And, um, you know, really, really appreciate everybody listening to the show. If you haven't yet, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. That really helps us grow. And leave a, leave a comment and a review, if you can, on iTunes. And uh, we really appreciate that. So we're working on a lot of great content coming up. We've got some really good episodes coming up here in the next few weeks. And getting everything lined up for the third annual Hunt Fish Podcast Summit coming up later this spring um, we having a ton of episodes and content coming out of that for you this year so really excited about doing that again and um, until the next episode um, hope everyone has a great time and and we will see you down the road It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.